What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Loud Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian Wright, out of Oklahoma City. We got a great show for you tonight. The first person I do want to interview is this guest co-host. Kayala is joining us first time on a podcast. So welcome, and we hope you enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it. And then we got Sean from Middle Age Queers. What is going on, dude? Not much. Coming to you from Oakland. Oakland, California. Area and dude, I gotta thank you so much for coming on last minute, being on the show, came through with the clutch. I want to thank Andy Paul from Sell the Heart Records for hooking this all up tonight. And I, I gotta support him and wear his his shirt. What I love about this shirt is I got the pink shirt and then middle aged queers. A lot of your like it's like kind of like a hot pink, and you guys got some really cool merch, like some really cool merch. Yeah, so we, we actually have a special Pantone color. It's Pantone 806. Okay. Uh, that's what all of our merch has on it. Um, it becomes such a pain in the ass for people printing T-shirts or, like, even doing our records for us. Uh, we're kind of we're sticklers about that color. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, work in, uh, I worked in print design for years and years. Uh, and so when we initially started this band, we were riffing out ideas for merch. Uh, and this band never actually intended on like playing shows. Maybe we were going to record a demo. It was sort of this like, like we were joking about it being like our dad rock band that would never do anything. Um, and then we started playing shows and putting out music. Uh, and so the merch happened after that. And we had this back catalog of like random funny ideas, uh, like the golden girl shirt. The golden girl shirt uh, is awesome. Yeah. I, in fact, I showed my wife. I was like, "They got a Golden Girl shirt." I was like, yeah, I saw it. "Like, wouldn't it be funny just to like like rip off a crafts design and put the Golden Girls in it?" Uh, and then someone was showing me their tattoo of the Kerplunk logo that they got when they were in high school, and I was like, "I just was looking at it, and I was like, I'm just going to swap out the colors for that green for our pink." Like, so yeah, there, there's a bunch of like wacky stuff. It's so much of it is like derivative of like the stuff that we were into when we were kids. Yeah, so, so, so neat, though. Kella, do you want to quit? Did you have a question? No, he brought up the pink. Uh, I just want to know, is that the color of the... I saw that you guys have a pink vinyl record that you guys released. Is that the... What did you call it? 809, 806? <laughs> so we had the, the pressing plant that did it. Uh, it's called Package Sounds, and they're out in uh, Nottingham, England. Uh, and a buddy of ours works out there, Jesse uh, Townley, who used to do vocals in Blatz, The Criminals, Grups. He's he's in The Pathogens now and another band called Scene Killers. But he moved out there and got a job there and then started recruiting all the bands from out here to get their stuff pressed out there. So I was, I was like through emails with him telling him the specifics of this color and they got to as close to it as they possibly could. All right. Uh, most people won't notice. I notice. There's <laughs> a slight difference. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> and I knew this was a different color, pink, but still I had to support Sell the Heart for doing this for us. So, so how long has middle-aged queers been been playing music for? I know you just said you started off not really wanting to do stuff. Uh, from the beginning, uh, when did the band decide to get serious and start doing shows? 
So we we first started getting together uh, in November of 2018, uh, okay. and our bassist has like a little auxiliary kitchen for his his restaurant. He he runs a, a donut vegan donut shop. Nice. Uh, and so we had this like auxiliary kitchen for that, uh, and there was a, a supply closet that we were practicing out of in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like our fun, like midweek, like Wednesday night, we all get off work and we just like hang out and write songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started telling people that we were doing that and people started getting really excited because they'd known the bands that we were in before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started getting offering sh- offered shows. We started playing the shows. Um, so it just kind of, it took on a life of its own. Uh, I think people were really stoked about the concept uh, mm-hmm. more than anything. So people were, were enthusiastic from the start. And what would you say the concept is? Uh, so all of us have played in uh, Bay Area bands, uh, mm-hmm. mostly punk, uh, punk or rock. Uh, I was in a band that was on uh, Lookout Records called The Cost. Uh, and we were more of a, I guess, I guess the kids now are calling it Scrams. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard. And you know what, though? You're in, you're, in, you're in the Bay Area, and in the Bay Area... And I'm from the Bay Area, you know, moving to Oklahoma. There's way more, like, cooler terminologies and sayings uh, and different genres of things people people call things than here in Oklahoma. Right. Well, like, the taxonomy <laughs> of punk rock is weird, right? Like, right. It, it's a subgenre of rock music. But uh-huh. then you have, you have rock and then you have punk rock. And then you have all these, like, subgenres of punk rock. So we, we were... And it's weird because when it's happening at the time, nobody calls it these funny names that people call it 20 years later. So, like, I just thought I was in a hardcore band. <laughs> right, Our guitarist right. thought that he was just in a hardcore band. But 20 years later, the kids are like, oh, you were in a Scrams band. And I'm like, oh, OK, I guess I was. <laughs> uh, so Mag was Mag was our guitarist was playing in Yafit Kodo at the same time I was playing in the cost. Uh, and we were actually on shows together, but like we never hung out. Uh <laughs> And uh, Josh, uh, Josh Levine is our, our bassist. He was the one that kind of instigated the whole thing. Uh, he was in, he was in Fang. Uh, he was in No Alternative and the In Saints. Uh, and at one point, he he did a he did Bruce Luce's incarnation of Flipper. Uh, so he's he's been around for a minute. Um, there's so many bands. There's so many bands like punk rock underground bands in california and uh clay you lived in uh, hawaii right was it was there a lot of different like in oklahoma is it different from from hawaii as far as like the music scene goes or is it is it similar to california where there's like just a bunch of awesome bands that just play there's always a good show to go to i'm asking i'm asking you clay Oh, Kayala. Kayala, goddamn! I knew I was gonna mess it up. I knew I was gonna mess it up. Kayala, you know what? Yeah, Kayala. Oh my god, who's he talking to? Um, no, as far as like rock and punk, I don't think that there's that big of a. Um, I don't want to say there's not that big of a scene. However, I know I was just telling you this the other night. Like when I lived in Hawaii, I loved the concerts that there were there. You know, like um. A lot of punk bands would come there, like Bad Religion, uh, and then who else did we see? But they, but you were telling me that they don't have uh, tours there, so that was shocking to me. Yeah, well, no, they, they have tours. They, I think they have tours in Hawaii, but like, 
I would say there's probably less tours that go on in Hawaii because when you've been on tour, I don't know if Middle Age Queers has been on tour, but Sean, you've probably been on. Have you toured uh, like a U.S. tour in any other band you've been in? Oh, yeah, plenty. And would you say that Hawaii is kind of a place that you maybe don't go to as often because it's just kind of not en route anywhere? So I personally go to Hawaii quite often because my in-laws still live there. My husband is from Oahu. Cool. Um, And we actually had middle-aged queers had planned to go out and play. uh, We were going to play Kahlua, Hilo, and then two shows on Honolulu uh, in May of 2020. We had tickets, we had shows all booked out and uh, hotels booked everything. And then, of course, obviously we had to cancel it all. Um, so we're still planning on going back out there, uh, probably in 2022. Um, but I personally love playing at the places that like people don't really go to all that often. Mm-hmm. Like in, uh, no, it was, it was Kona. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to whatever city I just made up. <laughs> We found out that, like, if we had played in Kona, we would have been the first uh, rock band from the mainland to play there since Hoobastank played there in 2010. Wow. And I love stuff like that because then you are what's happening that night. Like you are the right. only entertainment. So regardless of like, you know, here out in Oakland, like there's so many shows and you have to pick between what we were talking about before. You have to pick from subgenres of subgenres of punk rock. And it, it delineates, it, it dilutes the amount right. of people that'll be in attendance. But if I'm playing a show in Lawton, Oklahoma, I can guarantee that everyone's available is going to be. <laughs> right. you know, like, I, I much prefer playing shows like that than, than playing to like five people in Los Angeles and going, oh, wow, I, I, I thought that this would be better. You know, you know that's an interesting concept. I guess people don't really think about that. If you're in a band, but you're playing in a big city that's used to a lot of concerts, you are going to have less people than playing somewhere that's going to be that gets less venues. So, right, yeah. right. At one point, we were talking about like, wouldn't it be cool just to like map out cities that are you know like second, third tier cities uh, and just fly out there, just fly out, like rent a backline and just play. And because we we know that that we'd be the only thing happening that night, and it'd be fun, as Isn't opposed it? to you know going to like a place where you don't know you never know like you might be up against bad religion that night, and no one right 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 is middle aged queers planning on doing uh, planning on on taking this to the next level? I know you guys are playing some shows in California. Do you guys plan on doing some bigger tours uh, sooner than later? Yeah, yeah. I mean, things we we had. We had a bunch of stuff all lined up for 2020, uh, and obviously that didn't happen. We're just kind of waiting to see like if they're going to roll back restrictions again. I think every band and every venue is sort of like, ah, do we want to invest this much time and energy? Because mm-hmm. um, I, I got stuck with like a, a office full of T-shirts and records for months because I was like, we're going on tour. We got to get lots of this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to do that again, but... Um, I think I think sometime next year, uh, there's a festival out in uh, out in Bremen uh, that we we want to go to in April. Uh, so that would be that would be big. I've never played uh, off this continent, um, so that'd be huge for me. But 
besides that, like, like playing in other states, you know, like Nevada's like four hours away and we still haven't played there. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. We were a fairly new band when the pandemic hit. No, we don't. Yeah, so then the pandemic hits, and then you can't really do anything, right? Yeah. It totally screwed, totally screwed everything up. Do you guys actually have a full album out? So we have the the eight song uh, record, the ten inch on Sell the Heart, uh, and that is by Spotify standards an album. Okay, uh, okay. So you know, we 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 basically looked at like uh, we rented a we rented two days uh, at this place called House of Faith. Uh, this guy named Bart Thurber, he's recorded everybody from like 15 to Spaz to Mohan. Like he's just recorded everybody in the Bay Area. Um, we rented two days with him and we were like hoping that maybe we could have enough for an EP. Like maybe we'd get like like two or three songs and worst case scenario would be like a demo tape. Uh-huh. And then when we were like in the control room listening to it, I was like, there's not a bad song out of this group like we should just put them all out at the same time <clears throat> so that's what we did and we found out then that 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 spotify and apple music and whatever had sort of moved the goalpost back on what's considered a full length um the next record will have seven songs but it's the same length there's a six minute okay. song on it okay um, wow. that's that's pretty hard for a for a punk band to have a six minute song right yeah it's <laughs> it's 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 a weird number too um but you know, none of us are none of us are really like stuck on any sort of like like type of sound. It, to, to all of us, it's just punk. Right, so, like, right, right, right. Oh yeah. You know, like a six minute song doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, the first record had a song that wasn't even a minute. So <laughs> right, yeah, dude. I love, really fast, I, I love those fast. I love those fast punk punk rock songs. K.O., I'm still so laughing in my head that I called you a different name. And I knew I was going to do that when we did this show. And I should have I should have pre-warned everyone. I'm going to say your name wrong. It's not, a, it's not a normal name. But the more you do with these, the less it will happen. But I can't promise it will not happen again. So, okay. I need to, I need <laughs> yeah, let, let's play the song Size Queen, which, okay, I think I know what the song is about. But do you want to give us some insight on what the song is about before we play it? Okay. Uh, so, so <laughs> with, with no disrespect to to our forefathers uh-huh. uh, in queer core, but I was the song uh, "Dick of Death" came on uh, once when I was in a car with a bunch of friends by Pansy Division. Okay, and I said something along the lines of like, like you know, we were talking about penis sizes, and I was like, it's completely irrelevant to me. Like I've slept with men that don't even have penises. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I don't really care. Um, so the song was kind of, I, I, I was sort of doing it as an answer to that song. Okay. Uh, and then I also kind of put in like, like a little bit of like commentary on how Americans really just always want bigger, bigger is better. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's twofold, you know? Yeah. Let's jam this song right now. And let's give Kayala the floor. She, I know she had some questions and did some research that she wants to talk about. Let's play this song. Kayala, I don't know if you heard this song, this song quite yet, but we are going to play it in its entirety. It's like a little over three minutes, 30 seconds long. So let's jam it right now. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, man. That is such a cool song, Kale. What did you have to say? We kind of talked about it a little early. What questions did you have? Well, uh, what was it about this song? I really enjoyed that song, by the way. But uh, it you. was the Gary's Making Biscuits. I just oh, I need yeah, to know. I need to uh, know. So, uh, <laughs> so I, 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 wrote, I wrote that last one and, and Gary's Making Biscuits. Uh, but I kind of co-wrote it with somebody who didn't realize I was co-writing it with them. <laughs> we have a friend, uh, her name's Bopa, and she, she runs basically like an outreach soup kitchen uh, in her home. Uh, and she has this cat named Gary that adopted her. And she was posting videos of her singing to this cat whenever it like makes biscuits on her. Um, and so I was talking to our drummer one day and I was like, I think we should write a song for Gary and just steal the words that she's been singing and just put it to a tune and not tell her that we're doing it until we release the record. Um, so uh, I sat down on my couch and wrote that song, wrote that song in like five minutes. Um, I brought it best in. Songs. Best songs, five minute songs. Right. It's, it's literally three chords. Uh, I brought it into practice and I said, this song needs to be 15 seconds long. Uh, and they talked me out of it and, and we extended it some. And, uh, but it's, it's like 55 seconds I know, uh, after, after, after they're convincing. Um, but we, we, she was at shows where we would play it and it, she never picked up on it. Uh, and I would introduce the song as, uh, usually it was like we'd play it first back then and I would say we're middle-aged queers and this is a song about boy pussy and then we'd start sing like singing that song because yeah, yeah. that description's technically accurate um yeah. and it just went over people's heads when when the record came out uh we we played it for her first uh and she was totally taken aback and she sent us tons and tons of video footage of Gary uh over the next couple of weeks so we just kind of merged it all together with uh, videos of us playing that song live and that was our first video um which was hilarious because all these like reputable uh news sites started picking up that we'd like debuted our first video and we were like i did that in like iMovie in like 30 minutes yeah. okay um but it was cute because people would be doing these roundups of like different mu new music videos for the week and people would be like yeah we spent like ten thousand dollars doing this video and we spent each of us spent like five hours and in hair and makeup and we were like oh okay ours was free uh, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people are doing their own like music video shoots when now with size queen uh that is that's more of a lyric video than a music video uh i would say do you guys plan on coming out with just a music video or are you gonna keep it just as that because it, it, it and it really kind of works as both because even though it's more of a lyric video it's very entertaining and it draws attention like a music video would is there any thoughts of doing something else with it so for that song that song is it that's the music video that's done yeah yeah that's, that's, yeah, done. that's, yeah, that's done. um but actually uh thursday we're recording a video at great american music hall uh i don't i don't want to i don't want to give too many spoilers um, but it's, it's going to be well, a, an Thursday. Thir Wait, so thir this Thursday, this Thursday, so we're going to do this on Friday. So there's no spoilers. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, well, no but, but it's gonna take a few weeks for it to be edited. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha, we're gotcha. we're like going full out. Like I, I think all of us, we've been texting each other like mad, like with our inspirations for '80s glam rock. Uh, the song is the least of our like songs to be uh, compared to '80s glam rock. Uh, but the the song will be on the next the next album that's coming out on Satan Records, uh, and it's called Satanic Mills. Um, and it's it's just going to be us performing at uh, this venue here called Great American Music Hall, which is which is a pretty big space. It's kind yeah. of like it's kind of like the last the last club you play at before you start playing at like uh, you know like a big stadium. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a decent sized club, but there will be nobody in it. So we're just going to like anyway. You'll see. You'll see. I, I assume I assume your band. With the name Middle Aged Queers, which is that that name could either be a punk rock band or it can be like like maybe like a kind of a pop group, possibly uh, with with a name like that. I just think it's going to catch on, and I think a lot of people are going to catch wind. It's just it's just a name that you hear the name Middle Aged Queers, you kind of want to be like, what do they sound like, you know? And being in the punk scene, I would assume it's just. I mean, you guys had to have a growing uh, that kind of just. Once you started playing, how, did you guys do a lot of shows before COVID? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely started growing, uh, like, considerably right after we played a show uh, with the Avengers and Agent Orange. Okay. Because uh, we were just, like, we were just playing with people we knew up until that point. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know anybody in Agent Orange or the Avengers. <laughs> um, right. But it was it was kind of wild because, you know, like I, I'm no, I'm used to a normal show where after you're done, like your 30 or 40 friends just kind of go like, good job tonight. Oh, cool. Thanks. And it's just, yeah. people that know, you know, um, and I walked out into the crowd after we finished playing and people I didn't know were there and people I got to talking to people and I was like, wait, you drove how far to get to this show? Like, yeah, uh, it's going to happen more and more, too. I, I bet I bet you it's going to happen more and more. Well, and you know, the next the next month we played a show at this there's a there's like a a Latin uh LGBTQ bar in uh San Francisco's Mission District called El Rio that mm-hmm. does a gay music night or a queer music night. Mm-hmm. And we we played that and we had people come up to us saying, I saw you I saw you at Slims with Agent Orange and the Avengers. Um and so that was kind of neat. And we played at another gay bar maybe like two months later. And people were coming up and saying the same thing. Uh, and it was, it kind of amused me that there was a bunch of like straight couples there at this like gay leather bar. Well, okay. Okay. But you are a punk rock band, right? Right. You are right, punk right, rock right. And, how, and how many people in the LGBTQ community, I guess you're in the Bay Area. So, but how many would you say are into punk rock? I would say that there's more here than a lot of other places. Right. Exactly. Kind of yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to find that in Oklahoma. <laughs> we have more punks and we have more queer people. So yeah, that no, that's also very true. But I, but I, I bet you're going to draw a lot of uh, straight crowds into, especially playing playing fast, hard punk, even outside the Bay Area. Um, I just, I just think that you guys have a very catchy, unique, very energetic and entertaining sound, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, hey, all is never, I don't even know if she's into punk rock at all, but th- like, who could not like this song? If you like rock and roll at all, you're going to like this. You're going to like Size Queen. It's just a great song. Great, you know, great lyrics, man. So good, good job with that. Thanks. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a do, lot. 
Yeah, do me too. And do you write all of? Uh, do you write most of the music, uh, like lyrics and music, or do you guys all collaborate? I know there's four of you. It's a quartet, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's three uh, males and one one female. Is that the drummer? Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, all what was the nickname to the drummer you, you looked up? Do you have uh, a nickname well, to the band? Well, no, it said uh, Nikki. She beats uh, beats the drugs. I mean, oh yeah. Oh, okay. about, that was all that stuff that was on there about you guys is pretty uh, catchy. Oh yeah, we 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 have fake instrument names. So like, <laughs> cool. Mag wields the six string guitar of or the the six string axe of doom, and Josh plays the 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 bass bass and sometimes bass. other fish. Yeah, um, and then I I yell and call it singing. Um, <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> right. I um so I, I play bass and uh and I I I I don't in this band. It was very confusing when we first started talking because I assumed that I was going to be playing bass guitar. Uh and then it was made clear to me that I was not being recruited for those purposes. Um and that's okay. Um yeah. but it, it became kind of this stretch because I played in I, I would play in bands where I, I could kind of hide behind an instrument. <laughs> right. And I was screaming. You know, like I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to get somewhere around the pitch of the music. Right, right, right. And so I kind of had to like reset how I did vocals in a band because it was completely different to how I'd done it in the past. Um, so I would say that, that it's, it's not evenly split between the three of the three of us, between me, the, the bassist and our guitarist. Um, but there's there's probably about half of the songs where I've written music and that's cool. That's cool. And I also see you guys are cruising down uh what is it the I five eighty or whatever on a mission to save rock. With, duct, like tape. with duct tape. <laughs> is it with, with duct tape on it? In broken parts. Broken limbs and duct tape. Oh there you go, so, yeah. So a lot of our gear really is held together by duct tape. Uh, <laughs> nice. the, the broken limbs thing is uh is a reference to our guitarist. We had to cancel a bunch of shows because he had broken his hand while doing karaoke. Um, and there was one show, I think there's actually video of it where, uh, he's still in a slint and he's playing. Um, so yeah, broken limbs. Right on. All right. We're about to end. We're about 30 minutes in. I'm going to ask Kayala if she has any, uh, last questions. For Sean, then we're going to give Sean the floor to t- say anything he wants to about his band that maybe we didn't cover. So, Keala, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what I kind of do sometimes. So, any final questions for Sean before we give him the floor? No, I just, uh, where's Nikki right now? That's what I really want to know. <laughs> where's Nikki? Yeah. She's probably driving back home. Uh, she has a job in SF that uh, is pretty demanding. So. Gotcha. She's she she also works uh, ten hours a day, so she works ten hours a day and then has a day off. Ten hours a day, then a day off. You could have totally just made something completely up, and we would have bought it anyways. Oh, I know. Anybody want with the real answer? She's working. She's working. and she's saving the planet right now. I like. That, there's there, something I about that. female drummer. Earlier today, she was she was actually chasing after Jeff Bezos's spaceship and bringing it back down to Earth. 
Right. I like that. Like that answer. I love it. I'm going with, with C. I'm going with C. C is the correct answer. We're going with that one. All right, Sean, anything that you want to talk about that we did not cover uh, just about middle-aged queers in general, uh, the floor is yours. All right. Uh, I will quickly give a, a quick shout-out to uh, Sell the Heart Records as well. Uh, Andy has been super awesome, uh, not only with us, but a lot of other bands that uh, otherwise would not be getting their stuff out to the people's. Uh, Say 10 Records as well. We're very excited to be working with with Adam over at Say 10. Uh, We've got like a comp coming out on Say 10 uh, with some really cool queer core bands, some of them from out here. Uh, Sarcasm is one of them. We're playing with Sarcasm at the Ivy Room on August 8th uh, with Year of the Fist, who is super dope. Uh, And we have a split 7-inch coming out on Turkey Baster Records uh, with fellow Bay Area queer core group, uh, Lollygaggers. They're kind of like our... our <laughs> That's also a cool band. name, Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. Yeah, they're dope. They're they're like a death rock band. Uh, both songs from, from each band is pretty awesome. Uh, and then we're doing a limited edition picture disc uh, that's going to contain uh, two songs off of the first record, uh, a song off of the upcoming record on Say 10, and then a cover from the middle class called home is where, uh, and that should be coming out in the next like couple of months, uh, record pressing times suck, but the, uh, picture disc rec- turnaround time is not that bad. Uh, and you'll be able to get all of them off of our band camp, uh, a quick, easy way to get to our band camp without typing in too much is militant.gay. And that will take you directly to our band camp. Okay. And then you guys don't actually have a website for the band, like all your merch, and everything is on your Bandcamp page. Is that correct? Or do you actually have just the website also? No, no, we don't actually okay. we don't have a website. Okay, and you can, but you can, you can also go to Middle Age Queers on Facebook, and you have your Bandcamp link right on there, and that's where I was able to look up your merch earlier and saw you guys had some super, super, super cool merch. Uh, that's about all the time we have for right now on this episode. I do want to thank you, Sean, uh, oh, for being you. on the show. Kayala, uh, sorry, I called you Kalea earlier. You know, I'm just gonna say K- Kayala like ten times fast before every single episode. Kayala, Kayala, Kayala. It, it's actually kind of rolls off the tongue pretty easily. So, so I'll do that. That's what I hear. I, I want you to come back on the show. I don't want the two of you to go anywhere just yet. I do want to thank all of our listeners. Please go to www.thelotspot.net. Check out our merchandise. Check us out on on Facebook, on YouTube, Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We are literally everywhere. Go buy some merch. Don't forget, in August, we are going to be in Memphis, Tennessee. Hopefully, we are going to be interviewing Saving Abel there. So, I guess that's all we got for tonight. Peace out, rock on, and much love. And like I said, you two, don't go anywhere just yet. This is the Loud Spot outro by Nothing Short of Tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Yes. Does nothing short of tragic have us back again? Yes. Does everything that's good really have to end? A pin post has a pin show, so to get more episodes, make an order. This is over. Thanks for watching our video. Don't forget to click the like and share button. Don't forget to go to our YouTube and subscribe. If you want to listen to our audio and pick up some cool merch, go to www.theloudspot.net. Peace out, rock on, much love.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.